G'day listeners and welcome back to another episode of the Keeper League podcast with our AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players that are going to bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. My name's Hef and I'm joined by Dossie. How are you, mate? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. And Kays is finally back after He's back. two weeks off uh, playing golf in Queensland. Tough life. For Someone's some. got to do it. Yeah. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for work? It was actually a good job. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Actually for work, but uh, yeah, some of, you know, how do we get this job? <laughs> anyway, can I have this job? Work really hard. <laughs> yeah, it sounds um, like it. You know, be really kind to a lot of boomers. Yeah. You know, that's how it works. <laughs> oh, that's the thing that, yeah, I definitely wouldn't be able to do that. So, <laughs> no, absolutely no way. Uh, no, oh, sorry to the boomer listeners out there. You're right. I was just kidding. Uh, and anyway. It's only Stato, uh, isn't it? Actually? Yeah, Stato's yeah. the only one who really care about that kind of statement. And he probably accepts it anyway. Yeah. So, um, judging by the harsh uh, criticism he gives himself and the other audio issues on the pod pod we've had in the last few weeks, I think it's uh, well deserved. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, it's Keeper League finals time at the moment. So I guess we'll run through how we're going. There was a mm-hmm. Twitter question asking me um, how my team was going and I did not want to tempt fantasy gods by posting on Twitter, mm-hmm. which is something you did, which I'm I got a funny, happy to. funny story about that one in a second. But uh, the uh, Home League, Kays, you're in the qualifying final to get to the grand final yes. this week. You're yes. playing the uh, reigning premier mm-hmm. this week, even though you finished top. Mm-hmm. Um, how would you describe your form coming into finals? Putrid. <laughs> I think of the top six, I actually did some stats. I think I was like the second to worst scoring team in the last month of the top six in our yes. league. And I think I would have just beaten Pugs who had a stinking score. I think I would have scored like yeah, 15, 30 or something the weekend, which would have been yeah. smacked by most teams. Pugs I'm limping. Is, uh, Pugs is the guy. He listens to this show religiously. But uh, g'day, Pugs. Yeah, there. I'm, uh, I beat him on the weekend. So, um, yeah, he was finished... I think he fin- oh, no, he finished below me in the end, like, but he's usually like top three, like around that kind of. He was like equal G- top with me. He was equal top with me with age, and then he's just teams just falling off a cliff. Yeah, with a lot of injuries yeah. as well. So yeah, many so injuries. That kind of him. So I was lucky to get over the line with a few injuries there, and um, and Andrew Brayshaw Friday night score as well. That helps really, big time. Really helps uh, captaincy there. But yeah, so if if you lose this week and I win, which is a very big ask, I've got a good outfit coming mm-hmm. up against this week. But if mm-hmm. we could play each other in a prelim next yeah, week, a big chance. I don't know if I'm going to win two to get to the grand final, but uh, yeah, there's a chance. And if you win, then yeah, I you might see that out. little bit of hope in your eye. Have you know? There's hope. There definitely during, is hope. During the season, it was no, nah, you can't win if you finish outside the top two. And now you just the little the wheels are going. Still train who can. Well, you know, the only, <laughs> there's only one team in our nine-year history that has won at the grand final from outside of top two. And it is this guy. So, um, but yeah, like I said, the tough confidence outfit. Is gro- confidence is growing, Dusty. Uh, tough outfit this it's week. Growing. We'll see how we go. Mm. Um, but yeah, Podcasters League Finals. Now, funny story about this one, Kay. Mm. So, um, you, you copped a bit of a knock in our group chat for victory lapping your seasons um, on, you know, you've, you've finished top of the home league, yeah. finished top of the Podcasters League. Yeah. Well, little did you know that uh, the Podcasters League wasn't finished when you posted that. I actually, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you lost your matchup on the weekend and finished second. So. But, <laughs> but it gives me an easier, or doesn't really give me, it gets, maybe sets us up for a, um, you know, a real Keeper League well, style. What would have happened, it would have been Hef versus Doss this yeah. weekend and the winner plays K's to get into the grand final. Yeah. But now there's actually a chance that it can be an all Keeper League podcast grand final. So How good. That's actually probably a good thing that there's a chance that would happen. It's definitely not going to be my team. So. I generally didn't realise that most like leagues don't start finals and we start finals. Like, yeah. So many start this week. And it's I our, just was kind of like, oh, our final setup in our home leagues, I don't know, a bit different so we can have it six people in there. But yeah, it's, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, Doss versus Hef this week yep. in a final. I do get Grundy back, maybe Rich back mm. and a few back, but I don't know, Dossie's team's on fire at the moment. So definitely outscored mine last week. He's actually so. got a good squad. Yeah. And a good Good young squad too, yeah. so it could be good for a few oh. years. 
not just a pretty face. It's amazing that you can it's throw pretty... away number one draft picks each year, like yeah. you know, pick and Jamari, Ugal Hagen, and still yeah. put up a good team. And so. his team's named after a guy who's not best of all two <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's to be expected with Dossie, though. Anyway, True. anyway, um, if you're listening, oh sorry, watching on the stream, you notice that Dossie is wearing the uh, the marmalade hat from last week. Oh, yeah. now, what is this? There's well, these are hats were given to us by Checkers. Um, mm. He was a guy you probably wouldn't have listened to the last two weeks and had no idea <laughs> who was actually <laughs> what was actually going on in the show while you were away. No. But uh, yeah, Checkers uh, filled in for you, okay. and um, yeah, he left us these hats. Now, yeah. very exclusive um, company, the owners of these hats. So mm. I think it was Kane Corn, some John O'Brown, mm. Campbell Brown. That's, that's bad. They're, it, they're pretty lucky guys to yeah. have the same hat as Dossie. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. Big, Big time. time. So yeah. <laughs> Dossie. Anyway, uh, but no, he didn't leave one for you. There you oh, go. Wow. Okay. So there's Fantastic. a hat for you, the marmalade hat. So thanks, um, checkers. Yeah. So you can't actually you can't buy these at all. So um, you've got to be uh, very lucky to be given one. So you know, me yeah. and checkers have never been in the same room at the same time ever. So like. Maybe Checkers is just a figment of your imagination. You never met Checkers. No, I've never met oh, Checkers. Yeah. Whenever he's on the pod, I'm not on the pod. Yeah, so that's, like, yeah. yeah that's why. He's maybe, on the pod. Maybe ratings go up. I'll, just have, a, I'll have a week off next week just so you can uh, go for it, Dossie. All right. Uh, we'll get stuck into the round, rewind in a second. But first, we'll thank our sponsors, Manscaped. So, Father's Day is around the corner. Well, I think it is. That's just the kind of script that they send me. I'm, I'm a father. I don't actually know when Father's Day is. It's your first, first Father's, Father's Day. Day yeah, do you, know what, do you know what it is? September usually, isn't it? Okay. So, we've got another month or so. So I got no idea where it is, but um, yeah, but that's coming up. So I guess the perfect gift I reckon would be the uh, the performance package 4.0. It actually is a sweet gift. So um, if you can't think of anything, and it's just like you can jump on the website, chuck the keeper 20 code on, get 20 percent off, free shipping, and uh, yeah, just get your old man a bit of a bit of a treat for Father's Day. Why are you laughing? You laughing just, I can't like. I just can't, can't imagine, imagine getting your dad one. <laughs> I couldn't do it. <laughs> you can use it as a face trimmer. You don't have to use it to I mean, trim your balls. Yeah, maybe the nossy. <laughs> and maybe, the nose trimmer. Just the... And all the deodorants that go with it and okay, stuff. Yeah, it's, no, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. All the jocks, man. Yeah, the jocks are good too. <laughs> I get everything. Dads love jocks, man. I, I get jocks. everything bar the lawnmower. Okay, okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. Just yeah. a bit across the line for Dossie, I'm but anyways, afraid. Anyways, get 20% off and free shipping with the code KEEPER20 at manscaped.com. Trust me. Dad will thank you for that. All right, let's get stuck into the round rewind. All right, round rewind. First game of the weekend was Fremantle versus North Melbourne. Dossie, you had this one. Uh, was there much to talk about in this one? Not at all from a Keeper League perspective anyway. Obviously, it was a interesting game of footy, the fact that the Demons absolutely smacked the Dockers. We probably thought the Dockers were... One of the teams that are top four coming into this game, I reckon, and then got absolutely smashed. So it's kind of a topsy-turvy matchup between two teams that have been kind of the other ends of form spectrum. And then Melbourne mm-hmm. came in and, and threw the hammer down. But just a couple of interesting things of note that people, they're too good for the podcast, but I want to talk about them anyway. Gus Brayshaw, he's got to be the wave wire pickup of the year, I suggest, just because he you got him from basically round one. You, everyone saw the role change half back. We picked him up. He's been outstanding, averaging 98 points for the year. Interesting in this one, though, was his centre bounce attendance numbers were back up. He attended 12 centre bounces, and as a midfielder, Gus Brayshaw back in the day, inside midfielder, was one of my favourite prospects. I used to think he was going to be the next Tom Rockcliffe when he was in there. I remember, I saw him at a preseason game, drop like a 160. He went on that tear in the back half of the season. I think it was way back in- that year too? Yeah, like 2018 maybe it was, 2017. Reckon, yeah. And he was averaging like 120 in the back half of that mm. year. So, 
just exciting times if you're a keeper owner right now. Uh, yeah, wrote about him in the CBA article this week, so check that one out. But um, yeah, when he went to that first CBA, or when he went to that first CBA, that makes sense? That first sentence about sentence? Yes, yep. that does make sense. Mm, do. um, yeah, like I was just gobsmacked. Like I just did not expect it. No. Go straight to his brother as well. So that was kind of interesting yep. to see as well. And then the fact they got such a huge win, like- Honestly, Gus Brayshaw, he's just one of my favourite players, the way he plays. Like, he's such a smart footballer. I reckon in terms of footy IQ, who's who's better than him in the game? I'd argue he's up there in the top top 10 for football IQ out there. I don't know. For, for someone who has zero football IQ, I don't even know what I, football IQ is. On, is that just where you like- He knows the game. He, he's the always in the right spot. Dylan Moore. He's, he's played elite level football at halfback, wing, inside mid, the dude can do everything, and he just knows exactly what he's doing out there all, all right, the time. Enough about 2G4P players. Who else? All right, another couple of 2G4P players. <laughs> uh, no, um, let's talk about Liam Henry, who he's only scored a 64, but his role lately has been more on the wing. So just keep an eye on him going to the future. I think he averaged in the 70s in the waffle off a couple of games playing in that wing role. So previously a, a small forward. He's just one to watch for the future, but yeah, 66, I think he scored. So. I mean, a t- you know, tough matchup, I'd say, for wingmen would be Melbourne. I, they tend to not – I think they tend to limit wingmen fairly fairly well. But, um, yeah, just a guy to look out for. And then the other one I just noted, and probably I wrote this down actually before the news today um, coming out, that David Mundy's hanging up the boots. Um, how about that? Mm. You know, pour, pour one out Huge. for the – for the Mundanator. Like, just watching Huge him. Huge finish. I forgot that he was 37. Yeah. Like, just watching him this year, he doesn't play. Like, he plays better than a 37-year-old. But how many blokes come out, announce their retirement after 35 touches? Yeah, true <laughs> that. that's what my, Mundy's come out, out dropped a ton. So, uh, in only 69, very nice percentage time on ground. So, now nah, what a great career for David Mundy. Um, and that probably clears up. I mentioned Sarong's been playing a lot of, on the wing lately. I think he only had two centre-bounce attendances in this game. Um but that's, you know, there's the pathway for him to get back inside. But mm-hmm. yeah, interesting well, for owners of Ace Sarong. wasn't on the inside a lot this week, wasn't he? No, he, yeah, he was. Yeah, so, like, yeah. that's weird that, like, yeah, I don't know. I'd probably I think he was kind of just manning up on one of the players. Like, oh, I think it was yeah, Oliver. Didn't, Oliver, that's yeah. what it was too. Yeah, and he had had a quiet but, game, so that's generally effective. Hmm. Anyway. So, that was it pretty much. Yeah, no, the Keeper League players, you know, we've already picked them all up, so... At yep. the moment, look for next year. Exactly. All right, we'll get on to Collingwood versus Port Adelaide. A um, lot of non-2G4P players in this game. Um, so, get stuck into a few. So, Josh Dacos, um, 104 points. He actually had minus three before the game even began. So, gave away a free kick, uh, you know, before the first Pre-bounce, bounce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then let Boak have a set shot in front of goal. Um, Got to be a handy contributor on the wing, though, going forward. Won't be a massive scorer, but definitely keepable each year. He'll be, I reckon, a 90 to 100 kind of in that range. But, you know, one that's definitely in your in your kind of uh, M3, M4 kind of range each year. And, um, yeah, I reckon he's just kind of shown that he can kind of score after a few doubts after last season, really. So not much more to add there. I'm, um, I'm B2Ping kind of B2Ping Darcy Cameron um, he did have 96 points oh. on the weekend <laughs> yeah whoa <laughs> well Grundy's going to come back yeah. in this weekend so like we're, we kind of have to discuss it but um, he was back as the number one ruck this week after being taken over by Mason Cox so my thinking it might have been a dress rehearsal for both of them to see who kind of stays in the side when Grundy comes back in I don't really know it was kind of weird to just see it completely swap again this week. But, um, look, he was playing predominantly at Finlayson, and um, Finlayson just didn't go with him. So, he was just allowed to take marks around the ground, basically uncontested. Like, he could, there was, like, one passage where, like, Finlayson was just 10 metres behind and did nothing like to stop him. My, so. 
just my theory on this, uh, the reason Cox played last week and Cameron played this week, I think it's. I think they're just going matchup based. So last week, wasn't it Sean Darcy last week? Yeah, it was. And you've got an absolute good. dominant tap Ruckman, so you're going to go the bigger guy. And then this week, you've got Finlayson, who's much better around the ground. You go Cameron. Yeah, maybe. That's kind of where I think they've gone. Cameron's not like great Ruckman. Like he's a. Okay, yeah. Ruckman, but like, Tap you know, like everyone's going, yeah. oh, they should just move on Grundy because, you know, Cameron's so good. He's not like that good. So, like, yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm agree with buying that. into yeah. this whole move on Grundy thing. Yeah. No, yeah. Grundy's going to come back in this mm. week and he'll take over. Didn't, again, did you guys see the stats in the VFL, though? It seemed like Aiden Begg was playing quite a lot in the Ruck. Yeah, like it was. I think Grundy only played like basically at half, didn't he? So, why is he going to come straight back in then? Because they just didn't want to get him injured in that, in that game. They do, they, that happens quite often where, like, a gun will just, like, have a bit of run. They go, yep, good enough. Get him off. Like, okay. that happens quite a bit in the VFL. Yeah. No, he's been out for a long time is all yeah, I'm saying. True. Like, yeah. And they're in ripping form still. Haven't they won nine in a row? They got like, Melbourne they got, this but week. But they got to play Melbourne this week. And I'm assuming, where are they sitting on the okay. ladder? Yeah, they're third. They're they want to hold probably yeah. top four I'm spot. super interested. I'm a Darcy Cameron owner and uh, <laughs> a truther. Well, I would have liked to have offloaded him earlier, but it's like I don't think anyone was buying that. They all knew. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knew what was going to come. Exactly. Um, moving on, uh, Braden Maynard, 72 points. Um, good return after being subbed out with a shoulder injury the week before. And Port, a very hard team to score against for um, those running defenders as well. So good score from Braden Maynard. He's getting so close to 2G4P again. But, uh, yeah, keeps putting up 70s and then going low with injuries. Anyway, um, Josh Carmichael, 46 points, came on in the third quarter and just absolutely racked him up. Jeez. He had 46 points in less than a half. No CBAs either. Um, I think he was up forward mo- most of it because he kicked the goal to steady the ship uh, real late in the game as well. Um, Taylor Adams got injured, so he could be back in the side starting next week. But that disposal is still pretty putrid. So it depends where they go with that one. They might just like the fresh legs and the running injection they get from him. But, uh, yeah, we'll wait and see what happens this week. Uh, moving on to Port players, um, Kane Farrell, 97 points on the wing. Um, look, he's going to be worth picking up next season, even as a mid-only, I feel. Um, I, I think feel like I've said the same thing for the last few weeks, so I won't go too long on this one. But Amon's leaving, had 20 touches, 15 kicks, 5 handballs, 6 marks, 6 tackles. That's a fair um, day out for, for a winger there. It was interesting to note there as well that the best players for Port Adelaide, at least from a uh, fantasy perspective, and probably in real football too, was Rosie, Butters, Dersma and Farrell. So I guess there's some positives there for Port Adelaide supporters. Um, and yeah, if they're the go-tos for next season, then there might be some good fantasy points out of those that crew there. Jeremy Finlayson, 92 points. Good fantasy return, but just again, so convincingly beaten in the ruck and Port just continually are losing games. You know, we're challenging good sides, but you know, are we there to challenge or are we there to win? I think if Tickle is fit this week, I reckon they bring him back in. He like, played on the sorry, weekend. Sorry, yeah, he did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the thing is, like, the only thing, Hayes probably put in a better performance. But yeah, I think Tickle yeah. is the one they like, though. Hayes uh, does that at their foot. Yeah, I know. That's what, his, that is his level. Yeah. Watching the, the news, they said it was a bit of a duel between those two to play this week. Yeah. And I think now that I reckon they were just trying to try Finlayson as long as they could while finals are still, like, a yeah. opportunity. And now that it's dead, like, it really doesn't matter. They're probably just going to give Tickle and or Hayes yeah. a run I think Tickle is the preferred. But, yeah, yeah like I but said. You know how well ranked, like, I know we don't think he's – been amazing but like Finlayson's been an amazing ruckman in terms of the way they rank things like I mean even internally for, yeah and even super coach he was the best player on the weekend but again Port's metrics as well like what they 
perceive as success is very different to what the average supporter actually perceives as success as well, mm. which, I don't know, it's, it's, anno- it's annoying for us supporters, but, you know, apparently getting within five points of teams is, is a win for them. But anyway. Um, yeah, anyway, I think Tickle is going to come in. <laughs> You're saying so. you supported a certain bit of signage that went up Supported, created, <laughs> yeah. assembled, absolutely, corrected. absolutely supported. <laughs> Um, actually, uh, we may or may not have been looking into uh, flying a plane over Adelaide Oval with a sign attached to the back of it, <laughs> seeing the costs <laughs> for that one. <laughs> they may have gone up in a group chat this week and one of the guys actually did an estimate on how much it would cost us. Oh so if anyone wants to chip in $270, all we need is 10 people and we could get it happening. So <laughs> a big sack Hinkley banner <laughs> flying over Adelaide Oval at the showdown. Uh, anyway, oh hit me God. up if you want to uh, donate Poor to that Ken. cause. Poor Ken. Anyway, uh, move on. Um, Jace Burgoyne, 81 points. Like, I might be a bit biased here being a Port supporter, but I think we're seeing the beginnings of a start halfback flanker here right in the making. So, um, does some really nice things under pressure, although his disposal, will admit, can be a bit wobbly at times. Just, yeah, just does a few things that he just like, well, how did an 18-year-old, you know, weave out of that kind exactly. of traffic or do a little yeah. spinning and get that on the boot type thing? And does some defensive things really well. Like, he tackles really well for a skinny fella and, yeah, can kind of shut down a man when he needs to and kind of, there was, I think there was a two-on-one situation where he kind of came out on top as well. Um, yeah, showed some really good awareness in those kind of situations too when in a bit of traffic. So, Jace Burgoyne, especially kind of the first kind of good score we've seen and he teased last week with 50 points and a half. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, I think he's going to be the goods long-term considering how young he is. I wouldn't be surprised if he regresses, um, you know, in the second year and that sort of stuff, but I think long-term he's going to be one. And, you know, being Peter Bergwijn's son wasn't a, wasn't a bad player. Um, Xavier Dersma, 71 points. Started terribly in terms of disposal. I think his first kick missed his boot or just <laughs> clipped it. Like, just looked rattled. Like, I was thinking, like, this guy just is shot with confidence. He's been dropped to the twos multiple times. He just cannot hack it at a senior level. But then, you know, warmed up as the, the game went on. I think the first three or four touches were a bit dodgy, but then he started to hit target and stuff like that. And he actually had 56 points at half time. Um, and he was playing on that wing as well. So, yeah, I think well, a theory that Carl Amon played less wing time because Dozmar was kind of in. I'm not sure if that's the real case, mm. but um, you, you were pretty pissed off with Amon's time on ground. Yeah, 68% yeah, talks. Yeah. I brought him in as a point of difference in uh, in yeah. the classic system. And, it's his fault yeah, for leaving. 26 touches, 6 marks, and yeah. he only played 68%, and, the and they lose thing. by a goal. And that's the other it's thing. Like, they the might know that Dersmar is going to be around next year where Amon's not, so they might be playing yeah. the position he's probably going to be playing going forward. So well, He might be playing Sandville. Yeah, I think to be honest, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at some of the time and grounds, and there's some fairly big skews. I'm wondering whether it like it just got stuck on one side for ages or something. Because there's some players where you're like, oh, deep, yeah, yeah. why did Darcy Byrne Jones play seventy percent? And like, there's just a bunch I reckon that got stuck on the bench. That's just a gut feel. Yeah, I, I could I just ask you? Watching, guys a I didn't question. notice that, but yeah. Could I ask you a question on this? I don't know if you've got any more players left. No, it's done. Okay, where does Connor Rosie sit in your midfield only ranks next year? And where, like, where would you be picking him in a startup keeper? Is he? Is he? He's gone through the roof now, right? Like, he's way up there. Yeah, like I'm. Yeah, I'm happy to pick him. Like, what's his? Well, what's his ceiling going to be next year? Like, do you think he's 110 average? I don't think he's that high. He's about not 100. next. No, yeah, 105. So but he's only. You know, like this is his first. Next year will be his first full time midfield role. Yeah, I look like long term could go high. Like, like I said, when I when I do a startup keeper league, I don't. I go the best player available. He's averaging like, 107 in his yeah. last six or something. Yeah, I go the best player available. So, and for me, like if I'm early on, I'm taking I'm taking a like a top five mid first, and then I'm going defender forward, and then I'll probably go so fourth fifth. I probably wouldn't go any earlier than fifth round type thing, but that's just me. That's the way I roll. 
um, yeah, I'd like to see like them do it again in another season before like you know you can it's so it's so much easier to back in like a like a Zach Merritt or something like that who's done it year in year out first before you go to a player like that. That's but there, all. there is complete upside because like what Boat's got one year left probably. Yeah, there's heaps of like, and you know yeah. it's wines. Just interesting butters. as well. The first week that they they dropped Willem Drew this week and he has like 35 touches with yeah crap loads of just. Everything was coming his way, but yep. yeah, he's covering up. Uh, I did back-to-back games, although I didn't see all of this game. I watched probably about half of it. But yeah, Sydney versus GWS uh, Giants. Um, there was 12 scores over 80 for Sydney. So, yeah, massive um, massive in terms of fantasy scoring. And on the flip side, not a lot from GWS as well. So, I guess on the points for and against side of things, just try to avoid players against Sydney. Oh, they're a tombstone all around, yeah, aren't they? Yeah, so hard you know, to score just, against. You can't score. Coming against North Melbourne this week. So, yeah, I've only got two North Melbourne teams players on my side. I'm thinking of dropping them both. Jed Anderson, I don't know where, where he goes in this game, but it's not going to be pretty. Nah, I, I wouldn't field him at all. Yeah, I don't know what to do. Anyway, I think I have to. I don't know what to replace him with. But uh, on the Sydney side of things, James Rowbottom had 129 points and he's found his place in on the inside in the midfield. So, played a variety of roles um, over the past few years and inside is just where he belongs. So I said last week I can only see him as like a ninety average guy, and you were you were like no you can see him as a hundred. I can see him as a hundred now as well. Like oh, if thank you yeah if Parker like Parker moves on in the next two three years, how old's Parker now? He's thirty plus, isn't he? Uh, Twenty nine. Oh, maybe not then. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I guess either way, he's finding finding the footy now with that. No, kind the of only reason I've said it is the guy's twenty one. He's just been around for a bit. James Rowe's 21. He's 21. I would have said 23. Yeah. No, yeah. that's what I mean. He's already hitting these ceiling scores. It's like, it's like fourth year this year. Yeah, you yeah. kind of. he came really young into he the system. Yeah, so it's kind of like, and he's oh. always done it in low time on ground. He's always showed a ceiling. It's just a matter many, of getting that fitness base. How many flags are Sydney going to win in like the next Lots. five years? Hopefully none because one of my- Good Fuck mates no. goes for him. Oh, okay. well, Fuck, they got a good young <laughs> I was going to say, because the Wiggles are going to win and then no, they're not, bro. Yeah. Interesting nah, to see how many academy players they've got on that side and Steve Fizz having a big rant about that on the draft order today, which is quite funny. But Man- managed, to, uh, <laughs> managed to loop Goulden on this week. It was great. Loop him. I started him, actually. Yeah, so. did the old loop. Anyway, uh, Sam Reid had 108 points, kicked three goals, also continued that ruck forward role. Um, he, he did go down the rooms in quarter two, so that kind of gave him a bit of a bump in the middle. But yeah, kicked a few goals. So when he does that, gets 10 hit outs or so, kicks three goals um, against a lesser opposition. He's going to score pretty well. Say that every week. I feel like that. It's almost like he's 2G4P, but he's kind of not quite there. Tom Patley is one we have 2G4P, but he's just a beast in the midfield. He had 91 points. He just looks so good in there. I, I like, just laughed when the article came out. Whoever, yeah. whoever on the AFL website did the heading for that one, it was like, under the radar, <laughs> like stealth move going into the midfield. Yeah, no like any fantasy coach, well, this show in particular, would have told you that about six weeks ago. Absolutely. Not so stealth. Not stealth at all. Uh, Dylan Stevens, 74 points, backed up his ton last week, went missing for a patch, but then just did some awesome stuff uh, later on in the game. Just busting through traffic and, you know, powering away from opposition. Um, hit some really difficult kicks as well. Like, my knock was his kicking last week, and there still are a few kind of just hoofs on the boot, needs to lower his eyes a bit more. But I don't think it's going to keep, like, have any trouble keeping him in the side at the moment. Like, he's going to get a good run home, I think, and show us what he can really do. So, he's actually into keeper contention for me with my best 16 players just because given how young he is, there's a chance of trade as well. So, um, yeah, there's a bit going on there. Maybe the pair. 
Maybe, maybe Adelaide. Who knows? But um, yeah. the reporter got enough wingers. I wanted to go to the Crows because mate, really the neighbourhood dogs are going absolutely yeah. bonkers. If tonight. it's one of mine, I might just go out in, in a second and. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Is that yours? I don't know. Going, something's going absolutely yeah. bonkers outside. I don't know. There was actually a possum in the backyard a few weeks ago, and he just they're, barked all night. So oh yeah, I saw a possum as I arrived. Oh really? That'd be it. Yeah, that's right. I'll go and uh, shoot <laughs> away in a second. Possum Dossie. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, what am I up to? Sam Taylor to onto some GWS players. Uh, 88 points um, such a good intercept marker took 10 marks in this game just too defensive really to be considered as a fantasy prospect though but uh, good game here I've got a bit of a take okay. and I reckon that? that you know we saw Lee Lear come in and play his first game on the weekend for GWS I know he didn't really get much of the footy but I reckon if he kind of develops into a bit of a like he was really good he played you know he was he's a kid and he played at Central District in the league last year as like a key intercept defender and stuff. I reckon if he comes in, he might better take some heat off Sam Taylor and Taylor can actually be a bit more, uh, you know, like an attacking intercept, like pure intercept defender as opposed to that full lockdown role. So I reckon next year might be one to warm to Sam Taylor if um, Ali can kind of come on and, you know, cement a spot in that a, GWS backline. A guy that's already said he wants to be the best defender in the league as well. You like that sort of mentality. Mm. Um, just some kind of third party things. Um, some taggers is really what I talk about. So it's not actually about mm. fantasy scoring. So there was two in this game. So Lockie Ash went to Warner and mm. basically nullified him after a huge first quarter. Um, got Essendon next week. So I'm not sure who he goes to now. Does he go to Merritt and shut Merritt's him down? Merritt's coming off. Yeah, come off 170. Yeah, yeah. So does he go to Merritt and try to shut him down? Is he taggable? Is, I don't know if that's the, the case there. Well, uh, I don't know if he was being serious or not, but Holmesy, number two finisher last year. Not so good this year. Um, <laughs> he's talking about potentially trading Merritt following a 170. I don't know if he was trolling Dossie. Well, just but for that he's tag. seeing that tag coming straight for Merritt this week. Yeah. Well, mm, he hasn't responded well to tags in the past. That being, yeah. And, but, I mean, Warner, like, how many tags has he had to cop so far That's in his basically career? basically the first one, yeah. yeah. So, it's always, the first one's always, I reckon, the worst. Then you mm. kind of get used to it. Yeah. Um, then the other tag was Ryan Clark for Sydney. So, he had a forward tag, basically sat on Himmelberg all day and shut him down. Um, look, if Aaron Hall's back next week, could go to him. But the thing is, like, Clark can do a midfield kind of tag as well. And Simkins really battled with tags in the future. But, again, it's North Melbourne, so why would you bother? I don't know. Just let him play. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's get on it's to the horse. He will definitely tag. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Loves it. Even, like, even if it's just, like, you know, practice for Clark, he'll do it kind of thing. So. Mm. Um, anyway, let's move on to St Kilda versus Hawthorne with Kate. Mm, uh, some big fantasy scores here, but it was a fairly average game and the Saints were just absolutely cruising and then they just took the foot off the pedal and uh, a Dylan Moore-inspired Hawthorne almost came back and snatched the game. But um, some exciting kind of you know, scores, especially from some younger guys. Josh Ward had 107 points, uh, 26 touches uh, for the top-end draft pick. Been excellent since coming back into the side a month ago, averaging 95 in his last four. I know a couple of weeks ago, obviously I was on the show, but he pulled out a 120 or 130 or something like that. Yeah. So he is really, um, you know, what I could just see, it's just he just knows how to find the footy. You're talking about footy smarts before. Like, he knows where to run, has that high IQ, um, spent a fair bit of time out in the wing, but did uh, pop in for six CBAs. And I reckon, you know, maybe a few coaches that took him early this year might have kind of been like, oh, shit, he's like stuck in, hasn't really shown too much, been stuck in the VFL and he's kind of come back this last month. And I reckon it's um, like exciting yeah. times for Hawthorne fans next year. Like they have got some young kids humming. Yeah, I'm really frustrated because I was, um, I just didn't quite, like I said, I've told you guys a few times, our, our league's quite shallow benches and mm -hmm. he was one that got dropped 
back to the wire. And he's obviously, like, his fantasy pedigree in the juniors mm, was elite. that elite. Uh, just didn't quite have the wave of priority to grab him. Mm, bugger. Uh, big boy McAvoy had 98 points. And, look, he had a crack, but he was up against a Rowan Marshall clinic. Uh, 26 hitouts a goal and 14 touches, which is no, you know, no bad game. But, uh, yeah, Rowan Marshall was on another level on the weekend. Now, interestingly enough, there was no game on the weekend for Box Hill. So, kind of unsure where big Maxi Lynch is at. But... I suppose the big question is, you know, someone like Big Boy, is he going to go on again, do you reckon? Like, he's been more than handy, you know, coming back from injury as a ruck forward, but, you know, is he going to hang around or do you have to kind of invest in a a, Mac of, uh, a Reeves or a Lynch? I think he I think he does go again, but long-term you're investing in Reeves, obviously. But uh, <laughs> Reeves aren't only missed with foot soreness as well, so... He might Jeez, be straight back in this week as well. You know, so get a bit tougher. <laughs> soreness. Well, I think he, uh, he had a shoulder, shoulder injury earlier in the year. I don't think it's related to that or anything like that. But yeah, it's apparently just a bit of soreness. Um, and he hopefully will come back in because, well, I hope he does because I'm rocking maybe or Chol on the weekend if that's the case. Oh, that'd so, be sick. <laughs> maybe I'll kick five for me on the weekend. No, it was pretty good. Um, who have Gold Coast got this week? I, it, I think it's Hawthorne actually so it might go right again could be anything yeah who knows uh, Finn McGuinness had 97 points uh, had the tagging role uh, spent most of his first half on Jack Sinclair then spent a little bit of time on Jack Steele in the second half he had plenty of CBAs but uh, for me he's a bit of a nothing player um, he's definitely getting some of that midfield time now but you know there's no Warpool there's no Wingard but then we're talking about guys like you know Ward McDonald um, Newcomb coming in Newcomb hardly spending time in the CBA so like you know, a good score, yes, but I reckon he's that that tagger only, and that's all he's kind of got. Plus, you've got um, Connor Nash too, who can also play a similar role. So I reckon if they ever get to the point where they're up and humming, uh, I don't think McGinnis is really a, a long term play. Whilst uh, I agree with a long term play, listed as a forward this year, if he's going in the midfield and you know getting led to the ball, could he put up some handy scores as a forward for the next three games? Yeah, you're yeah. Lane your finals because he's someone I've got on my bench. And because he plays early Saturday, he's like a loophole option for me. Like if they are playing Gold Coast this week, could he go to, you know, Anderson or Took? Yeah, something like that. I think Took's the most untaggable. But but he has been tagged in the past. Like Caldwell did a job on him. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Potentially, there's that chance. You know, maybe they need Nash to go with Took, who's a bit bigger. I'm not sure. But he could go go with Anderson or something like that. Yeah. Um, Long term, yes, if you're not keen. But, you know, while while he's got that spot, yeah, definitely. Next three games. Yeah, it's one thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. So, what was the thinking behind. Why is Newcomb? Why did Newcomb get taken out? Like it was just a straight swap for for McGuinness. Newcomb only had six CBA, so they wanted um, kind of McGuinness to get in there and get some CBAs, I suppose. Like he so wasn't, he was gonna, on... you think no, they were just trying a few things in the last I, I couple of games? The commentary so. did say something about him copping a bit of attention as well, but I don't think it was from, it wasn't from a Guinness though, but I can't remember who it was from specifically. But yeah, I don't know. The commentators were saying they, they moved him forward because he wasn't winning in the, in the midfield or something like that. So And these last few weeks are all about the trade value for uh, for Titch and Jaeger or... <laughs> Yeah, well, he did some good actually, stuff, actually. Okay, this is what I noticed last week with Titch. Like, we've been talking about how his CBA has been down, but he mm. was starting on the wing and, like, mm. running in just straight into another midfield, and he actually scored well last week. Did that continue this week? Doesn't, yeah. He, he's tunned up. Yeah. So, did it, it, was he on the wing, though, again? Yeah, like, it doesn't yeah. actually matter. Yeah. He just... That's he, the thing, like, in... That's the thing, like, you know, you were asking, because Sinclair didn't really have a CBA. But, like, McGinnis started in and just went out. So, it's just, like, they're just trialling things. Sam Edge mm. was playing games. Mm, interesting. Yeah. 
Anyway. Speaking of games, Jack Scrimshaw, he had 69 and went up forward. So, Mitchie Lewis went off injured. Uh, Scrooby threw, uh, they threw big scrim up forward and kicked two snags. Oh, yeah, I did notice this. Uh, interesting move. And, look, he showed some tricks, like took a couple of good masks, one kind of going back to the, the goal line and stuff like that. So, um, I know Lewis is out, I think, uh, Kaczynski's injured. So, like, he might be starting up forward this week, which is- uh, Not good. <laughs> yeah, not good At all. Us. I think <laughs> no. I'm going to have to play him this week as well. Unless that's Ellis shocking. So, yeah, just that's uh, what, so, so, see what happens with the- the team lineups this week, and yeah. if Lewis is out, uh, I reckon they'll go with Scrimshaw again because he, he was fine. from a football point of view, was good. Yeah, uh, Mason Wood for the Saners had 95, um, really made the wing his own this season. Obviously, a really good runner, started to find a bit of the footy as well. Um, he's 28, he's got the center forward status this year. I think next year is going to be the interesting one where you'd have to assume he just goes to, to mid only. So, yeah, um, he's been pretty good on the waiver wires this year, which has um, you know helped out a few few teams but I reckon probably hard to hold if he if he's mid only next year the thing is he's gone in like peaks and troughs like he'll have two or three weeks yeah. where he's been awesome like every, like yeah, every yeah. win yeah, yeah. yeah I denied picking him up the last because I've had the Saints a couple mm. of weeks I think and I, I just kept denying it yeah. and I'm just like nah don't worry about it he'll just go down and he's had three in a row now where it's been 2G4 piece mm. yeah just so about. lucky what you, 18 touches but like 7 tackles which is good for a guy yeah. his size is a bigger dude so uh, Dan Hannanbury had 91 points solid return from him uh, 27 touches kicked a nice goal in the first that was all off 63% tog too so uh, definitely has not forgot how to find the footy what a good story too yeah good to see him back good to see yeah far out. and to play that well like. yeah 59% owned, so definitely available in some uh, shallower legs as well. You'd have to assume he'd hold his spot. I suppose it depends what happens with Zach Jones. Uh, I think Billings and Gresham are a bit further away. So Gresham's out for the season. Okay, so yeah. Dan Han, you know, probably should be around the mark. Um, so keep him on your radar for sure. Good to see him. Hopefully he gets through the rest of the season and can kind of push towards a, you know, a better 2023. So imagine picking him up off the waivers now and he scores a couple hundreds for you. Literally could happen. Yeah. So he, just played, he was playing wing, wasn't he? Because he didn't go inside. No, looked, just, yeah, yeah, floating just around. Outside, yeah. And yeah, as I said, just the outside run. Mm. Um, was, yeah, look, re- looked like he hadn't really missed a beat. Uh, Benny Patton had 87 points. Um, he was allowed to play a bit more attacking on the weekend. Uh, picked up 25 touches and, you know, we all know I love Ben Patton, but uh, only a second score of an 80 plus this year. So I think it's just uh, just that lockdown roles, you know, his longer term. So don't get too too excited about that number and uh, just a couple of guys I like the look of uh, eye test wise Mitch Owens and Sam Butler um, Owens a bit more but uh, just enjoyed the way they go about it real um, eye test pleasers I would say especially Mitch Owens got a good size about him um, you know what did Butler what did Butler score like 50 or 60 or something That's, like that yeah I've watched him pretty closely because I picked him up in um, classic just because he had a good buy mm. and um, seems to be like the kind of Couple of kicks, couple of goals, type of he's like small his brother. He's, he's literally, you know, Dan Butler. But yeah. like, you never know with a kid like that. Like, could he yeah, pop a bit more? That's the thing. Yeah. Anyways, that's uh, it for that game, mm. and we'll move on to Geelong versus yeah. Western Bulldogs. So, okay, it's on up. you again. Yes. Now, I thought we were going to be in for a real Saturday night special until uh, the Cats kicked eight goals to zero in the third quarter. So, um, real shades of the grand final <laughs> for the Bulldogs. They're good at having shit out third quarters in big games. Uh, not a hell of a lot to talk about because a lot of these guys are 2G for P, but Ed Richards, um, he'll be 2G for P next week, which is quite exciting. 108 points from him. You jinxed him now. 28 touches. Nah, complete <laughs> running halfback game. Um, he was one of the guys who just kept taking the game on all night from the dog's perspective. You know, he showed some glimpses in the preseason. Really glad he's kind of finally hit his straps uh, come now. 
He's gone back-to-back hundreds and, yeah, he's that one game away from being 2G4P. Um, you know, like Taylor Dray stuck in the twos. Um, you know, we've seen Daniel's kind of influence diminish a bit. Bailey Dale's not even going as well as he did. Like, mm. they want the ball in Ed Richards' hands. He's got that speed to burst and just kind of doesn't give a fuck. He just wants to get the ball moving. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, I was a bit sceptical last week because I was like, oh, Caleb Daniel's going to come back in mm. and that's going to find it harder for him. Still did it. If Trelaw comes back in, does Trelaw go back to the halfback flank or does he go elsewhere? Because now they've got enough people back there, but or does he? I think he's going to go elsewhere. Yeah, like, so I don't, I, Ed Richards has been a winner for him. Yeah. No I think Trelaw's just flank. plugging a hole. Yeah, I that's think. what it felt like. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he's much better on in the guts. Yep. All right, Ed Richards, real deal. Let's do it, big time. Uh, Cody Waitman, eighty-seven points from him. He kicked three. Um, can't really have him though. So just be the cup game for me. Agree. Jamara Ugal Hagen. Now my kind of first good look at him. Um, I haven't really watched a hell of a lot of. Uh, dog stuff later uh, mm. lately sorry but 63 mm. points from him mm. just started to show some glimpses now I don't know if he's like you know worth drafting like Dossie did last year but um, first round yeah, first you, first round. you missed the, you must have not watched footy when you were away though mate the big breakout was six goals was it last, last week yeah I didn't yeah. actually watch any football the week before so I've come into this week very you know fresh and rejuvenated but um look I just kind of like the way you know we've seen a bit where he just looked he's looked timid he's looked unsure but like you know, on the weekend, he kind of looked like he knew what he was doing. And especially against the, the Cats, I think that's a big feather in his cap. So, yep. I'm interested next year. Just interested in a little play. Yeah, he mm. looks – because he's not that typical big bulky. No, no he's a hybrid like, kind yeah, yeah. of – he's got good moves. If yeah. he can just, you know, find a bit ground. more confidence, yeah. I reckon. Third year, probably more fourth year would be there his was, year. But, um, I can't remember where I saw it, but there was a, a buddy comparison, basically the same amount of games to kind of have a big game like that. Look at a player like Buddy. He spent a bit of time of his career in the midfield and things like that. So, who knows? Sky's the limit with Ugo Hagen. That's right. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, Brad Close, 97 points. I'm a huge fan of this guy. One goal, three. So, really could have been anything hitting the scoreboard four times. Look, what I like about him is he gets up the ground, uh, lays tackles, had seven on Saturday. He's averaging 69 this season, but he's actually going a great clip, 83 in his last five games. And I'm loving this late season form and, I think he's someone I'd like to draft next year. Like, you know, this is the kind of time when you're looking towards some trends into next year, like who's starting to put their hand up, play really well, play good, consistent footy. You know, the Cats aren't going to get any weaker, you know, in the next coming years. They've got a pretty solid outfit who are, you know, premiership windows well and truly open. Brad Close is playing a great role in that side. Um, you know, not as close to home as someone like a Stengel, but I like that because he can play that semi-connector role. Um, good overhead. He's a, a bit of a smoky for me next year as a... Not necessarily like a big breakout player, but like a really serviceable... I like him. I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, we really like him, yeah. Just, talked about him last uh, week. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if he's, he's... He tends to have these patches, though, and then it sort of just becomes... It's almost like your typical keeper player where it's like you have him for a month and then you drop him back to the wire and then you have him again. So, yeah. 83 in his last five, It's that's mm. consistent footy. It I'm is. happy with that. You know? uh, the Zote had 70 points, Dossie. Um, yeah, just... Just showed who was boss down back. <laughs> uh, look, had a lot better game than he's had recently. I know his scores have been a bit stinky lately, but um, looked to have a bit more license, which was interesting to see, even with Tom Stewart back in that side. So, uh, interesting to I monitor remember, the situation. Well, I remember his scores being better with Stewart in the yep. side before, you know, all this sort of stuff. I remember looking at the stats and I'm like, oh, you know, expecting it to be a massive differential when Stewart mm. went down. I'm like, oh, we've got to pick up the Zote. Mm. And he actually averaged worse without him. So, mm. yeah, over the journey. So, hopefully, with the with Stewie back in the side, the Zoke can go up and up and up. That's the right noise. That said, there was a couple of games where he went absolutely bananas with Stuart out of the side. Yeah, I think it was just the one. Was it just one? Was yeah. It? Yeah. Mm. Anyway. They're like Batman and Robin. 
But the Zoe's Batman. <laughs> uh, Johnny Segler had 44 points in a bit of a disappointing return, um, I suppose, especially early on. But look, this is his first AFL game of the year, I think. So he's missed a lot of um, good level footy. Uh, 65% togs, obviously some time to build into there. 61% own, so still a chance you could get him if you do need him um, back in in the finals. Had 18 hit outs and 11 touches. Um, I know Reece Stanley's, I think, gone for the next month. So uh, it's Segler season. You know, obviously, we know Bliss, Blitz, uh, Blitzarves can come in and ruck if needed, but I think they'll definitely um, stick with Segler. So he will only get better from here on in. Yeah, um, could be a nice little, uh, you know, pod in your um, in your in your teams. Giving him uh, definitely another week to have a look at him. That's for sure. I'm not to worry about this too much. I actually um, filled him this week. Yeah, I filled him this week to yeah, another yeah. leg. Yeah, forty four. I, 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 I thought league. I was a genius doing it too. I was like, Stanley's out. He's going to get the ruck time. And then it was like... Oh, it was either him or Pitnett. And like for me, because mm. I had Ryder as my number one ruck most of the year. And uh, yeah, scored a 44, what it was. And I still posted the highest score of the season in that league. So, If you're a rebuilding team this week, mm-hmm. is it time? You mentioned uh, the Eugle Hagen finally uh, having his sort of breakout moment. Obviously mm. not still mm. there fantasy-wise. Mm. Is it time to pick up the other top dog coming through the VFL after a huge outing on the weekend, Sammy Darcy? Mm, 100 points from him. Uh, 20 disposals, 14 marks. And not one single hit out or one goal. Yeah, he was playing defence. Yeah. So Intercepting. Well, they need some some defenders down there. Yeah. Yeah, they do. He might actually come in and be a really good option. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, Dossie, you went to the Crows versus Carlton game. I did. How many beers? Cutler, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was uh, asking for some notes for the Wave Wire podcast, and you're like, "Dude, I was at the game, man. I can't remember anything." I've had, <laughs> look, I've I've pretty much put the notes in as I wrote them down. So I have my little note. I brought my notes up every yeah. once in a while, so I'll try and sort of read that's them out right. as they come up. I just, I'm just, I just want you to have a good time at the footy. No, that's all it was, mate. it was a night. It was a good day. It was a good night. Yes. Um, but it was good to see them live, and I, I nearly busted out the Carlton Guernsey, but I didn't. I wasn't that much of a. If Paddy Dow was playing, would have you? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Or the trudge. My ben Keys badge. Ben Keys badge. Yeah, I got a Ben Keys badge. I should have, you could have worn that. You. Yeah, I could have. Oh, yeah. Well, you might need to be uh, putting that in the recycling soon with his <laughs> new roll up forward. <laughs> Zero centre bounce attendances uh, on the weekend, playing a bit of a forward. Tell role. someone who's worried. I'm and not. Played it really well. Too, yeah. So. Mm. He's going to get three Brownlow votes, mate. Was that trying to negate a bit of the wolf? Is that what was happening? It was. Yeah, yeah, okay. It was. Oh, by the way, uh, just a side note, the wolf was loud and clear oh, at yeah. Adelaide Yeah, Oval. I heard on the broadcast. Yeah, yeah. it was huge. There's yeah. a lot of Carlton fans in Adelaide, actually. A lot, of, a lot of just Melbourne support team fans in Adelaide. Like, mm, yeah, but I was getting involved. Wolfing. I was, uh, I was yeah. wolfing. I was wolfing. Were. Um, anyway, uh, Saligo was the first one that I noticed um, just on the eye test at the Oval. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, somebody's a playing nice size. So, at the time, I wasn't keyed in enough to notice Ben Keyes was the one missing out. But I did immediately say, oh, here's Saligo starting in the in the guts. Um, I've written here in my notes, it says Saligoat? Question mark? <laughs> Jesus. Why do you keep ruining people's careers? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> now. Nah, he looked pretty good. It's funny, though. They've changed their inside mix and immediately get a big fat dubs over Carlton. So, yeah. um, something that they'll persist with for the last few games, you'd suggest. They also threw in a fan, a favourite of the show, Harry Schonberg. Oh, continued yeah. to Using get the word favourite very loosely. Bounces. 64 points for him, 17 disposals, seven tackles. Good to see he's laying a few hugs what in low he, time on ground he, as what usual. What did he score? Yeah, I said in low time on ground, 64 points. Thank you, thank you. 
right. he's building. Well, he's going to get the role though. They've, they've already pretty much what they're going to basically play Matt Crouch in the in the sand for, for the rest of the year by the sounds of things and mm-hmm. just roll with the kids. Is Keys is Keys genuinely going to be a forward for the rest of the year? No. You reckon he? Yeah, that was that a was role? just a once-off role. I don't know. They were talking about it. They wanted someone from Rissard. They shut him down. They, it was almost the Ryan Clark, but a fantasy-friendly Ryan Clark. But he did okay. it so well. But you're not going to do that each week. Well, they're playing West Coast this week, so yeah, I would be surprised if they just they're going to shut in. down Shannon Hearn, who's no, but, slower than a no, week. Yeah, I know you mean. More just so let they the kids, keep the kids just let the kids in there do their thing. The same kind of role. Just yeah. play it forward. Kick, like, kick I goals, think it'll be part of the mix. I think they'll just it'll be it'll be a bit more of a like a mix. Because yeah. they really only had four guys that went into the center bounces on the weekend. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like against West Coast, why wouldn't they just do the same? Yeah, I just think they'd rotate around. I'd be shocked if Keys doesn't have a CBA this week. All right, we'll see. Time will tell. Other players, uh, but yeah. By the way, I mean, if those guys are available, especially if you're rebuilding, mm. would you stash them away just because oh, we Saligo's know the roles the are going to be there next year? Saligo, yeah, Saligo sure. especially. Yeah. Um, Josh Worrell, uh, according to my friend Trav at the game, uh, he was like, he's been on Worrell for a while, reckon he's a pretty good player. Did look pretty good mm. uh, down back for them. I don't know how he's going to go fantasy-wise. He had a pretty pretty light outing fantasy-wise, I think. What did he Didn't score? Didn't he have 70? Oh, he actually scored all right. Yeah, he's like a 70. Uh, 62. Mm, 62, but yeah, played all right, 17 What type disposals. of role was he playing? Sort of that Do back line, yeah, sort of, okay. yeah, that. Intercept. He didn't have many marks, so only three, but he was kind of just roaming that back line, so did some pretty impressive stuff. Uh, the other person who didn't really score that well, but the fog, the fog was pretty amazing. Fog has been, like, in real football sense. Yeah. He's been showing some pretty good signs. He, he doesn't miss. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm just wondering when Tex, because Tex has signed a new deal, I think. One but more year. Yeah. When, he, when he hangs them up after next year, you know, I think, not Scott is the limit, but he's going to be one he's of those key forwards that is going to be actually regularly fieldable. He could kick four or five goals a week. Yeah, he's definitely um, a guy that's taken a long time to develop, but you know any key forward does, and and he's starting to show. The hanger he took was right, right in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> the hanger was special. Um, on the other Adelaide side as well, I've sort of mixed all these notes. There's Adelaide and Carlton. I'm trying to read them as we go, but uh, Wayne Miller is still playing a forward role, but. Looked way better. So, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the footage, but Miller was like uh, impacting the game in this one, which you couldn't have said he's done too much of this year. So, he really turned the corner. We all started him in uh, Classic, I think, to start the year, and then it was an absolute letdown. But 73 points, pretty impressive performance, I'll say. But uh, unverified sources at the the match reckon he's off to Geelong next year. So, unverified. Unverified. (laughs) On the Carlton side of things, um, Mitch McGovern scoring 89 points in an intercepting role, 11 marks. He was pretty impressive to start the season. So, you know, probably jump on him for the run home. They've got three pretty tough matchups too in mm-hmm. terms of um, coming home, Carlton. They so, do. they might be in the back line a fair bit for for McGovern to, to do a bit of mopping up, especially with Nick Newman going down. So, I think he – I don't know what his situation is. He got a gash or something. Obviously, I didn't see Sliced it being at the ground. But, yeah. Um, yeah, well, if, yeah, it was a, yeah, yeah it was a, if he, depending on how long he's out for, McGovern mm-hmm. will probably benefit a bit with him being out. Also, Matt Kennedy was injured late in the fourth quarter. I think I've seen that's concussion. So, I saw him going off the ground. I, but, know, where the, um, I know where this is going. Mm. Batty down. Trudge season. Yeah, there you go. Right, <laughs> in time, right in time for finals, you're going to be able to field that Paddy Dow juice. He didn't play VFL on the weekend. Paddy Dow did. No. The Trudge didn't. 
Yeah. Paddy Dow, he yeah. wasn't in Paddy Dow good played. scores. Yeah, he scored um, Lockie Fogarty had 120. So, just yeah. on the finals thing, Carlton basically have to win one of their last three in their verse. And they're all tough. Three very good opponents. Um, could we see Zach Fisher have some more CBAs with Matt Kennedy out? You could. You might, but he's 2G for P, mate. I'm not talking about him. No, I'm just caring about my own team at the moment. That's all. <laughs> the fish is not 2G for you. He's literally wedged every player he's got and spoken about. I, pretty much I know. Have, yeah. I know. Um, fish is not 2G for P, though, by the way. No, I think they'll- it's close. I think they will. I mean, they had one, three injuries in this game, so yeah. I think they'll have to bring in Paddy Dow and you'll be able to field him for your finals. <laughs> now, moving on to the final player here, I wrote down Chase Jones good, question mark. <laughs> Because we were like, far out. Chase Jones has had heaps of the pill. And then somebody checked the AFL app and he was going at 40% efficiency. Yeah, that sounds like Chase Jones. Yeah. Anyways, you're back to back here, Dossie. So you woke up Sunday morning. How was the head Sunday morning anyway to watch your Weagles put up a good performance? Uh, How have you written this much in a hungover state? No, more I did well. than half. Yeah, I was yeah. enjoying it. It was late enough in the day that I managed to get through. Jeez, there's like three pages here. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair bit. Um, sure, there were one final note on Adelaide Oval. Bar service was shocking. I missed a quarter of footy because I was going to get a beer. I think yeah. just in general, um, no good. It's hard to find people who to work at the moment. I think with COVID and stuff like that, and okay. people have moved on to other jobs and things like that. So, mm. did yeah. you see there? Was yeah, it was. They looked very understaffed. Yeah, yeah. See, so there's yeah. like obviously the. I think the food obviously is struggling. This guy bought in Melbourne like a thermos full of hot dogs and he pulled out a hot dog and sliced open a bun and made his own hot dog in his seat. That's elite. That's so good. Fuck yeah. I've seen that before. I think like in American sports, I think I've seen that before. Yeah. Love it. All right. Gold Coast versus West Coast. The Mighty Weagles nearly got over the line with a massive comeback in the last quarter, but um, they did the right thing by me, the, the Mighty Weagles, and we're still going for, for the spoon, thankfully. You're not going to get it. But- um. Little did they know Stewie G was on the opposition side and did his absolute best to get the L. I got a message that just quickly, I got a message from Checkers during this game. Gaff! Exclamation <laughs> mark. I think he might he might have thought that he'd uh, he'd actually won the, uh, the Jack trade. Sinclair for Andrew Gaff trade that he made earlier in this year because Gaff in his 250th, I think, yep. played yep. a pretty good game, but he's 2G for P. Well, is he? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was average. Um, last year. I just noted early that Noah Anderson started on a wing with Isaac Rankin starting as an inside mid, and I was like, "Oh, is this something I'm going to see?" But no, he had two centre bounces <laughs> for the game. I think he might just start the first centre bounce in the second centre, like second half, first centre bounce sort of thing, just to get him in the game. Yeah, one player that you'd be very excited about, Kay's mm. Jeremy Sharp. Yes, I actually I just about wrote him off last week for the listeners. I think I, well, I was that's pretty fair enough. I was dismissive. I said that's it looked enough. like Stewie G looked like he was done with him. He gave him, I think, very low time on ground last week. Um, it looked like they'd prefer Elijah Hollands over him, mm. and then they started playing Lacocious on the wing late in the quarter, and I was like, oh. That's good night for Jeremy Sharp. Came out in this this game with a bit of a point to prove. Yes, it was against West Coast, but hey, they only won by three points. 19 touches, two snags. Um, the thing about him, he was really pushing hard back in defense, which is what you want to see from a wingman. But in this team that is super non-fantasy relevant, apart from the Took Miller, mm. um, for him to score an 83 points and, you know, I just think he led metres gain, 607 metres gain. Like, he hopefully has some job security for the rest of the season. He might be playing this week for me in a final. Second game of the round, okay. so I can loop him. So, he might be a nice little loophole option. Against the Hawks, mm. good team to play it against, I think. Good for midfielders. Just looking at the Lacocious merry-go-round again, I was keeping a track on his position. It was funny, the commentary was like, 
oh, here he is playing in defense as he has been for the since coming back. And I'm like, hang on, that's not accurate. <laughs> He's been all over the shop. And in this game, it was no different. 52 points from 13 touches and two behinds. He's still such a buy low target for me. I know your trade period's probably completely done and dusted. But if anyone decides to put him back to the pool this year, I'm very happy to draft him again. I am too. Um, he started defense, then moved immediately to the forward line in the same quarter. Then he moved back to the back to defence, back forward. Then he went into the wing in the last quarter. I don't think he spent much time on the wing until that last quarter. So his role is just all over the shop at the what, moment. What position does he get next season to start the year? I think with Ben King back in the side, I think they no, have- No, sorry, in fantasy. What the, what does oh, AFL fantasy give him oh at the start God, of the year? I don't know. Forward, forward defender maybe? Yeah. That's Could probably- be. I love that position. I'd probably give him forward defender because the wing- I haven't, He hasn't played yeah, enough yeah. wing, I don't think. Yeah, nice to see you that. Know, they've, they've been playing sharp on the wing. They've been playing- um, We've just said Hollands has come in the side. Ellis has been predominantly on there. I think Weller was playing a bit there on the wing. On the wing so, yeah. Anyway, um, Rory Atkins, we mentioned him last week playing a defensive role and a halfback. Same role, just not as good a score. But against West Coast, West Coast do not tend to, because you've got it in your forward line quite a bit, it's not always a fantasy-friendly role to come up against West Coast in defence. I actually think Rory Atkins isn't too bad a play. The only problem is he's still just got that midfield status. So, He's only an option, I think, in your super deeper leagues. And if you need a loophole, I think this week he actually could score right if he's selected against the Hawks. So, on Utah's stadium, could use that with. Debutante alert for Gold Coast. Mac Andrew, mm-hmm. only the look- 32 points. Looked all right, though. Not going to lie. Eye kind test. Of that, uh, yeah, yeah, just kind of that eye test pass for me. Huge unit, over 200 centimetres. But funnily enough, when he first comes on, they, they pan to him. Who's he standing on? A big giant for West Coast? Was he on one of our, our big boys? You know, maybe a Waterman up there or, uh, I don't know, like a Bailey Williams. No, he's on Willie Rioli. <laughs> so, plays- Mismatch. Obviously, just rate him enough that he, he can take on a task like that, sort of plays that small role. Obviously, he doesn't have much meat on the bone at the moment, but he's another guy. Reminds me of- um. You know how when Nick Cox come in, we're like, what could this guy be? He's playing on a wing. He's massive. He's kind of got a few tricks. Mac Andrews very much the same. I don't mm-hmm. think any of us thought Nick Cox. Obviously, he had a really a couple of really nice big scores early days. I don't see that from Mac Andrew, but I see him being a long-term, really nice sort of dynasty prospect, but it's going to take a few years. Elijah Hollands backed up his first performance with a 49. Um you know, he's going to also just take some time, but keep him in the back pocket. You'll probably be able to draft him again next year. I'd keep him in your deep legs, but nothing else. I wouldn't be keeping him otherwise. Um, Jack Darling's back into some form. 110 points is the sole focus of that forward line. Um, nothing nothing else really to say. I think, he, does he take up a step up with Kennedy sort of on his way out? Darling's quite old himself, isn't he? Yeah. Well, he's late 20s though. He's still got a couple of years. I don't know. I don't love key forwards. So you're asking the wrong person. I'll right. go near him ever. The only couple of ever. more names ever. I've got here. Sorry, there's mm. a few. But Jermaine Jones, 78 points. His mm. role in defence has been really good to watch. And uh, yep. I think he provides something different for the Eagles. So I'm interested where that goes for going forward. Jai Cully, 36 points. Only 50% time on ground. So don't worry about the score in this game. He also got suspended. What did he get? Do you guys see that? It was a pretty- uh, Two rounds. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. So he's done for the year now. Um but he also pulled a hamstring. So that's why he came off in the last quarter, did a bit of a string. 
he's still an amazing prospect for next year. Um, so keep him. I think he'd be he's going to be mid only next year if if that's enough games that he played. But yeah, Jack Colley's right up there. He'll definitely be mid only. Yeah. Luke Foley was the last one. Eighty three points. Moved back into defence with Withered and out of the side. And he's been playing forward lately, which has been terrible. So, you know, good to see that he can still score when he's in the in the right role. Um, Dossie, I, I do like this. I do like the Luke Foley one because um, uh, he's one of my boys. I really supported like him, him early in yeah. the season. It's kind of good to see him actually get his role back, play it properly. Uh, we actually had a complaint um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Um, from one of uh, a friend of ours mm-hmm. who wants to hear about Liam Duggan more often, not a 2G4 player, reckons you do the West Coast games and you never bring him up. Yeah, well, pod. I thought he was 2G. No, nah, because I think he only averaged like 70-something last year and he didn't oh. doesn't actually get up. So, Liam Duggan, going forward. Yeah. You do don't you don't like Liam Duggan. Yeah. You like you like bringing up Willie Rioli scores 52 and, you know. Well, it's because he had – I saw, <laughs> I he, I saw he had a massive set of bounce. <laughs> actually, you, I, actually I should have said something as well on um, bloody Tommy Barras the last three weeks. I think he's averaging 100 and something. 10 marks, 10 marks. The mark dog. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Kays was all over that. but <laughs> You laughed at me. No, our, the whole defensive line is actually just very much sharing it around. Something I've noticed with Tommy Barras, he – Bloody loves it. He loves that chip mark action a bit now. He's sort yeah. of got a taste and he's he's getting much more involved in it That's too. That's the thing so. with a lot of those key defenders. They take 10 marks, they also get 10 kicks on the back and of And I feel so. like his yeah. success is also linked with Duggan because it seems like they've got a little chip mark going between the two. So, yeah, no, okay. So, you want me to talk about Duggan? He's no, coming. Just your prospects going forward, you, can you see, like, cause he, could he be one that kind of really steps up in the next year say, if Hearn goes away and all that sort of stuff? He's been impressive the last couple of weeks. I don't even know what he's because sometimes he's in the midfield a little bit as well. I've always he? just thought he's a guy like, for instance, Witherden was missing in this game. If Witherden's still going to be missing for the rest of his career, shut up. He's still playing. <laughs> if Witherden's still in the team, he's a guy that loves the cheap stuff more than Duggan. Like it's all about that observable thirst, and Duggan's less on the thirstometer. He's more of the hard nut. Thirstometer. He's 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 more of the hard nut. He's, he's a good not, team footballer. Yeah, he's a team footballer. Whereas Witherden isn't, which is why he doesn't play. Um, he likes he likes getting peeled though. <laughs> All right, now Dossie, I know you've got a, a rant here about Fiorini and Stewie Jew, but I feel like we have the same conversation each week. So, do you mind if we move on to the next game? He had thirty five in the VFL though, just quietly. Okay, good. Stewie, come on, <laughs> Can't, it wouldn't be an episode without Dossie it's without Fiorini. Like, please leave clubs, please. <laughs> anyways, anyways, let's move on to Richmond versus Brisbane. So. <laughs> I'll try to get through this one pretty quick. Uh, Trent Cotchin had 102 points, just a tip of the gap. Tough inside uh, game. That's the type of game he kind of plays well in. If you get there, had eight tackles and that boosted his scoring. So, yeah, we'll tip of the gap with Trent Cotchin. I'm not picking him up anymore. Um, Tom Lynch had 91 points, but four goals to get there, including the the winner. So, again, probably another tip of the cap. But he's actually a good pretty like streaming option if you can get a good matchup because he does kick goals when he's on top of his game. Um Toby Nankervis had 86 points, scored better as number one ruck. Obviously, was Soldo out. So, he's probably one you can consider over the next few weeks. I think he's got a tough matchup this week. can't remember who they're actually playing, though. But I think looking at the chart before, I uh, could be wrong. I can't remember. Anyway, move on. Um, Noah Cumberland, kind of the, kind of similar to Tom Lynch. Kicked five goals and only had 68 points. So, he scored really well over his first uh, four games of this season. He's got port, mate. He does. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, that shouldn't be a tough ruck matchup, though. Um, just a tough fantasy matchup. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Noah Cumberland. So he's one that likes, he's scoring well, but I don't think he's going to be kicking like three, four, five goals a game for his entire career. So not really one I'm 
condoning in fantasy too much, even though he's put up some impressive scores to start off with. Once I can, once I see like some other avenues to scoring, I might change my mind. But yeah, at the moment, I'm only seeing goals. Tyler Sonsi, Kaze, you're a big fan of the old big Tyler Sonsi. Uh, so he had 75 points and had five CBAs for the game um, as well. Got got quite a lot of his touches across half back, but quite often, like, you know, there was quick, quick kicks out of the middle and stuff. I saw him starting up forward as well. So I don't know he might have just been working up the ground to get those touches. I'm not really sure, but showed some promise from the fantasy perspective anyway. And he was a good underage scorer. He played mm. one VFL game as a junior and scored 100, right? Uh, or 99. Or yeah, or okay. Yeah. yeah, I think it was pretty high. So, um, yeah. No, big no, fan of his game this week. He looked he looked a lot better this week. Looked more at home, and I guess another one. I think I'm not sure if we 2G4 Peter. I think we did, but should K- be Kadeen Coleman, 95 points, but he had a massive first two half. G, 70, two G, two G, yeah, we're just two G now. But 70 at half time. He's actually a fucking good player too. Yeah. So good. Yeah. The issue is so 70 at half time. So only scored 25 for the rest of the game. Cramped late and just went missing. Yep. So had the hamstring awareness last week. Missed the game. So just yeah, a bit. I think worrying. he crammed multiple times because I kept checking. Yeah. I was checking for Zorko's scores actually. Yeah. Um, and I kept seeing injured next to his name, and it just kept popping up and on, up, on and off, yeah. um, next to his name, Kadeen Common, and I'm yeah. like, oh, what's going on here? Yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I'm just yeah. it's a bit concerning just with the body. Hopefully, it holds he up. He did miss that whole chunk of the footy at the start of the year. Like yeah, it was going to be the next big thing that he missed. So like maybe it's just yeah. like he's just getting to the end of a. Like his yeah. first season where he's actually playing. And some of his bigger footy. games, actually, now you think of it, have been without Rich in the side as well. Because Rich was out again. But, like, I've, I've still got faith in him. It's just... I don't have no yeah. issues playing both of them. Yeah. In the same either. side. Um, kind of tip of the caps, but also these players could be handy in fun. <coughs> so, Charlie Cameron can just kick bags. Like, only kicked two goals this week and scored 74. So, he could be a handy um, finals contributor. He's generally on wave wire lists. Um, Eric Hipwood kicked four goals and had 76 points. And Dan McStay didn't actually kick a goal. Still at 72 points, but he had eight marks to get there. So he was good up and up the ground a bit more and taking a few grabs there. So, yeah, just a few ones to consider um, if they're around. Uh, last game of the round, let's get on to Essendon versus North Melbourne. I know you loved watching North play, so... It's nice to watch your team get a good win. You know? No. Okay. Uh, like, honestly, North <laughs> No. <laughs> North should be made to sit out the rest of the year for bringing the game into disrepute. They are just absolutely trash. Like... Um, who would actually get a game for another club at North? I reckon I've got Mackay, LDU, Simkin, yeah. Horn Francis, maybe Larky. Everyone else. Stevenson. <laughs> we'll talk about him. 112 points. And it was probably one of the Ew. most lacklustre, nothing, dispo- nothing 34 disposal games I've ever yeah, seen in my fuck. life. Come on. He played the most unaccountable, undefending Aaron Hall type role, which is just a blight on the game itself. Um, took seven kick-ins. And yes, it's great for fantasy, of course. But... You know, usually clubs play, you know, a, a kid who needs a bit of confidence off a half back to get him into the game, not big money recruits. So He's North, only twenty three. What's wrong with that? The He's, role is just like You'd rather Aaron Hall, thirty one year old, play there or something. Well he can do it, but like it's not doing anything for Jaden Stevenson's career. Why not? He's, he can be a halfbackman. Racking he, up. He's better than that. He's just Plenty he's, of guys start their career at twenty three and a half back and continue for the rest of their career. Yeah, but he's not He's better than that, is my point. He's they're a pretty just, good ball user. They just like, up? I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think he's actually found his proper position before. Like, where would you play him? I'd literally just say play in the midfield and try and do something. Like, he's he's like, remember when he he's, burst onto the scene at Collingwood? He's too like, he was, small and skinny to no, be a good midfielder. but he can midfield. kick goals. He's got yeah, great. But like, the other thing sense. is though, he can't kick goals in this shit team because they're never getting it forward in an easy way. That's fair, but like, it just feels that it's just they're giving up. North are giving up playing him back there. That's what I mean. Like, they want to be the you know they want to improve, but they're just like here. Here's potentially our most skillful player. We're just going to play him up half back because 
he can't really play anywhere else because we can't get it to him. Like I, I don't like that. I think it's That's just because point. I think it's because the the midfield guys that they have to keep playing there, like your Jed Andersons and stuff like that. They're pl- they're playing there because a they're you know better than the the kids that they've got, and they don't mm. necessarily want to expose the kids to getting slaughtered mm. just yet. Whereas like they can't really move those guys around. It's like only positions they can play. I don't know. I, just, I feel he wasted back there, and it's just it just doesn't look like he wants to be there either. So I don't know. That's just a, the vibe. Cam Zerha was pretty good. He had eighty eight points. Um, you know, probably this Rue second best behind Jai Simpkin on the day. I liked. He just had a crack. I really respect that. Eighteen touches and four goals. He's one I actually could feel like if he was at a good team, he might actually be a pretty good player because he's a good size, got some good skills, got some good grunt. Just um, you know, he might be one who, you know, he's twenty four now. I think so. You know, building. The back end of this year, averaging 79 in his last four games. So, might be one to start looking at next year in terms of this, you know, the guy who's trending the right way, even in a, in a shit team. Look, apart from that, North are bad. Like, Zeeble um, is just really slow. I've got the turning circle of a road train. Um, Cullen Coleman-Jones, I think he's lost there. Bailey Scott, look, lost again. Like, Tom Powell, like, I don't know. It's just, they're a tough team to watch and get excited about. We flagged this on the pod last week, but... Over the last three weeks, Essendon, one of the toughest teams for anyone to score against. So, like, it's North Melbourne, I get it, and I'm not expecting big things, but, like, this was going to be exceptionally bad this week, I, found, I think. Okay, well, it was. Yeah. And also, uh, Tom Powell, 69, oh, 20 got, disposals. He, he got all of them in the last, like, okay. quarter. Like, he was okay. on 20 at halftime or something like that. He, he built late, so. Okay. It's just it's just sad times because there's some good players in there. I just want them to see them get better. But anyway, on to the good guys. And taking something from that, I reckon if you're – if you're playing in the finals and you got Swans guys this week, Crows guys next week, or Suns guys in the grand final, like just stream against the Roos because they will give you some scores. Uh, Kyle Langford, 113, uh, looking like he's nearing his best. He's never going to be a star, but definitely one who's a serviceable player. I reckon he's that. You know, locking a 90 most weeks, uh, 21 touches, two goals, 10 marks. And the marks one was a massive one here. Like the Roos just let them do what they want. So the Dons averaged 99 and they took 136 on the weekend. So we saw guys like Durham, Heppel, Redmond, Hine, Kelly, all like nine plus marks in the back line. They just chipped it around and controlled it. So, you know, Laverde had 110, uh, controlled the ball back there with his 12 marks, played well on Larky. But um, I suppose watching a bit of Essen lately, they have got to be a chip more mark game into their chip mark game back into their defense. So, might be one to look at Laverde as a streamer, but um, definitely just a bump this week. Jakey Stringer hit back, had 109 points. Um, yeah. Basically, had the look of someone before the game like he was heading into an all-you-can-eat buffet because he knew he was just going to feast against the Roos. And that's what he did. Five goals, three, eight shots on goal, seven tackles. Um, had the pleasure of standing on Jaden Stevenson too. He would have been really upset at that prospect. But look- CBAs? Uh, a couple. Yeah. yeah okay. From, from, um, I was just thinking Shield Shield out. Shield out, McGrath Mc- out. Caldwell's tagged. And then injured. Parrish. Parrish, uh, out. Parrish out. So, yeah. It's like there could be a bit of a- Midfield role in here. That could be. Yeah. yeah. If, if I'm not Parrish sure. might be back very soon. Parrish is back. It's had one week on the injury list last week. So, but um, the package looks fit and hungry. I reckon next year he's a he's a genuine keeper. Thirteen CBAs for the yeah. package. Mm. Well, then with Caldwell out, they could remain. Yeah. Could. And then with Shields, I think he's going to miss a couple as well. So he might be a mainstay for the last few rounds. Could be a real finals winner for you. 
You don't mind uh, that. He's, he, yeah. he's really hitting form at the right time of year. So don't mind that at all. We'd definitely be involved in that. Another one who I reckon is worth a play is Will Snelling. Uh, 79 points from him. A lot of people were jumping off him after a slow return after injury, but um, we're starting to see some glimpses of why he's really good. Like he's actually really crucial to the Don's Don's lineup. He's that connector, plays that high half forward role beautifully. 94 points last week, 79 this week. Uh, he's only 54% owned, so definitely worth a look uh, for this year and, and going into the into the future. And Joe Menzi uh, came on as the sub for his debut. I hate that, but uh, it happened nonetheless. Played really well, basically got a full quarter at the end of it, played 25% tog, 38 points. I think he had 10 touches at 100% disposal Jeez. efficiency. So um, he might be worth looking at for the next few weeks. I suppose Bombers are done for the season. Like for me, Perkins and Hobbs just looked a bit slow, like they need a rest. They've played a lot of footy in their second and first years respectively. So Maybe Menzi might be one for uh, your inferior fantasy formats. All right, that's it for the round rewind. Uh, so if you appreciate the work we put in each week to bring you all that information, uh, go through all the games. What is it, Kaz? We watch three games each. That's so about nine hours a weekend <laughs> yep. watching footy. It's a it's a long time. Um, so yeah, if you if you appreciate that kind of inf- input that we do, and you know to bring you this information, uh, please consider signing up as a member, supporting the show, and keeping it going. And those three hours don't always fly by. Like I've got to watch North Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even like. Like you, well, we were talking about this on the chat today. Like, I either watch Brisbane Richmond, which like was a genuinely good game, but mm. if I've got no fantasy players in it, which yeah. I didn't, like, it's it's hard to watch. You know, this like, time of year, especially, yeah, especially when like I've got like heaps of my players playing in other games, but I'm like assigned to that time. game. It's yep. like really hard to concentrate <laughs> with what's going on. But anyway, if you do choose to support us, uh, we'll support you by giving you our weekly CBA analysis, our kick-in analysis, scores for and against, uh, projections, the breakout tracker, and you also get access to the pod pod as well. So um, yeah, if you are keen to support us, uh, jump on the website. There's a link in the description below for you to sign up. And then yeah, you can jump on board and become a Keeper League member. Anyways, Kays, because you've been away for a couple of weeks, I'll let you read the gold members. With pleasure. Uh, thank you to Camille Machak, Adam Walker, Matt Lyons, Federico Mayo, Steve Greenwood, Josh Harris, Philip Antonopoulos, Matt Petit, Tom Dickman, Sam Newman, Scott Ramadan, Joel Proctor, Brendan Davis, Stephen Teleski, and Ryan Robertson. All right, thank you to those gold members. And there's no trudge watch this week, Case. He didn't play. I know, we'll have to, we'll have so, to get him so on what's the happened? Oh, no So idea. you've talked to him and now you've ruined his career? No, well, he played the last week, so he was fine after I talked to him. So Maybe he's talking to his agent. He's like, I, now that I'm actually blowing up, like I won't play unless <laughs> my, my match fees go up. There's no um, under-18s games. not under-18, is he? he can't no. be involved in those. You know, sometimes how they play like the best you know, of the undrafted or whatever. Maybe he's in one of those games. I don't know. I haven't really been following the uh, under-18 championships, so I think they're kind of over now. But uh, anyways, no trudge watch this week. Sad news. We'll get into the listener questions. All right, we're recording the listener questions uh, before Doss actually gets here because the uh, pod pod ran over time. So just me and Kay's on the questions. Um, but yeah, Dossie was here for the <laughs> round rewind. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's get stuck in. So um, at Pies2211, uh, won the league in 2021, currently in a prelim final this week. What would you do with an aging list containing Boak, Hall, Duncan, Gaff, Zorko? Uh, with first pick in the national draft, would you draft a young kid 
or trade that pick away for a 27, 28-year-old. I think when he says national draft, that's his league's draft. But anyway, uh, what would you do, Case? Um, would you go over the young kid from now if you're trying currently? Oh, you won the league last year. Mm. Or would you kind of just stock up again and try to go for another flag? And With, with those names, I think you just go with the young kid. So, like, if it's Will Ashcroft or whatever, and yeah. he's as good as he's supposed to be, like, you know, like, Boak, Hall, Duncan, Gaff, Zorko, like, they're all still putting up decent scores, but, like, it really doesn't take much for those guys to kind of fall off a cliff yeah. and become, you know, even, like, Boak's kind of shown it a bit this year. You know, Duncan has been a bit hot and cold. You know, Zorko's been a bit hot and cold, you know, through injury and stuff like that. Like, you know, even, like, Scott Pendlebury this year, like, he's been a 100-plus player most of his career. Yeah. And then it's just that switch where it's just, you know, whether your role diminishes or your body's not up to it and you just kind of become a 85er and that's it. So you've gone, you know, you're probably going to lose a big glut of, you know, scores. And I think you'd be kind of foolish to think that those six players could carry you over for a flag next year. My only thinking is, like, yeah, if he's contending for a flag, like, this year, mm. like, those, a lot of those players are done as of next year, essentially. Mm. So, like... You get Will Ashcroft, but, like, you're going to finish bottom again next year anyway and have another low, like, it looks like you're going to finish low next year with a lot of those guys fall off the cliff. My thinking is maybe you just have the punt and miss out on, like, a good player next year. Like, unless you, you won't get Will Ashcroft anyway because unless you're, like, lower and down in the pecking order. Mm. And maybe just have a crack this year and then just start the rebuild the year after or start trading out some of these older players next year. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much you're guaranteed you're missing out by not trading that 27, 28-year-old in this year. That's all. I feel like you might as well just have a crack. Like that's where I'm at with one of my teams where it's, well, if, weirdly enough, I thought I was done and now I'm playing off in a prelim this weekend in my dynasty league and I put up the highest score of the season last week. So, yeah, like you never know what can happen like but with the, a few I, players coming good. But that's on the flip side. Like you could, you know, if you, say you take the, say it is Will Ashcroft or you've got like an actual gun there that you can get with your first pick. Yeah. Like you're probably going to have to keep all of those five or six guys anyway because no one's really going to trade them yeah, for Yeah, yeah, but I mean more so just throughout the year maybe like trade a Duncan or something like that. Yeah, and like, pick away at that. Yeah, and I, just like – and just know that like you're going to finish low next year and you'll get that first round draft – early first round draft pick the year after type thing and just – I don't know, just have one more crack this year and start the rebuild kind of the following – not next year but the year after if you know what I mean. That's mm. the kind of way I look at it and just kind of know that those players are going to dip next year and just, just slowly trade them off throughout the year to the next contenders and things like that and stock up on picks for the following year. Mm. That's the way I'd probably approach it. But anyway, um, at Richie N96, uh, been offered Miles Bergman, who's a mid, uh, for Brandon Ellis, who is DPP for 2023 playing the back line. Um, he's currently injured, worth a trade. Uh, Miles best 22-2023, question mark, played wing versus pies. Um, yes, I think Miles Bergman is the in the best 22 for 2023. Um, I think it all depends on where you're at for this season, whether you're still – like our trade periods, window's not even open anymore. We can't trade during finals. Um, but if you can still trade or whatever, um, look, I'd probably keep Brandon Ellis because I think it was it was just a shoulder laid out. I was just a shoulder. It was out late. Yeah. yeah, but I don't really know what the extent of it was. So I'd probably if you, it depends if you need a, it depends if you need a defender as well. Um, but, yeah, I'd probably stick with Ellis if you're in contention now. If you're not, though, then go with Bergman. Would you agree? Yeah, I still think Ellis is going to be fine next year too. Yeah, like so, he's not and this is a yeah, defender. I do think there is a ch- like a breakout chance, but we see wingers like they're not the best scorers anyway. So at least with Brandon Ellis, you're going to get a primo, well, you know, D2, D3 level defender next yeah. season. So yeah, I'd probably stick with Brandon Ellis for now. Although I've got no problems with Bergman if you're doing a full rebuild um, going that way. 
at Willie 1998 um, is Redmond now valued as a top 10 defender in redraft well I think he's like in terms of averages he's only like a few out and that's from you know going on just some of the lower ones earlier in the year lower scores earlier in the year I think once you take away all the guys that will lose DPP and everything he's basically a top 10 anyway so mm. yes I would say he's a top 10 especially on the output he's putting the role, the, the role he's playing is yeah amazing. absolutely amazing um, at David 505185535 um, odds on Langford getting mid forward DPP to start the next UF season um, if he did is he worth a hold 16 player keeper uh, I can't see it I think he's been wing and then he played a lot in the midfield on the weekend he kicks a few goals and that's kind yeah. of what you know piques people's interest if you look at his starting position it's generally wing isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. and and I kind of talking about him on the pod tonight but um, he's like a really fine serviceable player so you know like he might not have forward status and he's kind of one of those guys where you're, you know, he's always that one guy that you kind of, do I just take the risk that I know I'm going to have like a 90 average mid, like, and just lock it in and, you know, you don't have to really worry. Yeah. Or do you kind of go chasing something that, you know, may not be there, you know, with a DPP and. He was kept last yeah. uh, season, wasn't he? I yeah. know his average is probably a bit lower um, this season. But injuries, if, yeah. he, if he, you know, storms home playing heaps of midfield time, even on the wing, I like him. I'd have player, no so. issues keeping him no, whether he's got yeah, DPP you're right. or not. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get DPP, but yeah, I'd have no issues keeping him though either. Um, what were Liam Ryan and Ben Long doing? Tip of the cap or new roles? Ben Long laid a lot of tackles, so yeah. tip of the cap for me. And uh, Dossie watched the West Coast game, so I'm not really sure, but I assume he just kicked a few goals. So um, I'm just going to say tip of the cap until I see them actually play. So unfortunately, you these didn't. guys showing consistency, not just flashing their Yeah, exactly. Scores. Do it three or four weeks and I'll start considering that's the type of thing. I usually roll with these kind of players. Um, and the last... Last question comes from Ben Blake. Uh, does Sam Berry or Matt Rowe both have? Oh, sorry. Does Matt? Matt sorry. Does Sam Berry or Matt Rowe have more value in a startup keeper league next year? Assumed they are mid only. Um, this is a really good question. I don't think there's any more. Oh, Sam Berry's definitely got more value. For Rowe, I don't know if there's any more value than he had this year in a redraft league. Like he went super high. Still this year because people like were thinking like he's oh, yeah. going to come back and stuff. So I think he's got. I think Rao probably has less value. It's a crazy kind of um, year he's had because you know obviously you know, we've spoken about on the pod at times this year that you know I traded him out for Zach Bailey and they've you know they were both spudding at the time and then yeah. Matt Rao had a bit of a hot patch and now he's, he's gone off the boil the back, again. Yeah. So like you know and you know, realistically, Sun's been playing pretty good footy. You know like yeah, and uh, yeah. That, you know like they're being winning down. enough. You know yeah. but like they're better than they have been. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, it's not out of the question that Rao's output increases dramatically, but at the same time, there's not a lot that's really showing it. Like he's still just getting his numbers through tackles. He's still not getting that outside peel. He's got to add that onto his, you know, game style. And I don't know. I don't necessarily love Barry as a, you know, superstar fantasy player, but he's, you know, he's doing a good job at the moment. Yeah, I think like, cause I think he's got the hard part of his game down already, like the contested kind of footy. He's playing well in that respect. And I don't think it takes much for you to you know start to find a bit of uncontested pill. So I think um, <laughs> someone posted on Twitter today, like they compared his stats to, um, was it was it Barry's? No, it was actually Sligo. Sorry, it was Sligo stats to Rory um, Sloan. But I think Sam Barry probably ahead of those guys. So, yeah. yeah. I, you know, and he's he's basically the one apart from Led who hasn't missed a beat in the yeah. like, CBAs since. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the he's what they really. needed in there. Like someone who can actually like do the grunt work but then actually use it reasonably well as well. So, you know, he's been a good pickup for them. And, um, yeah, lose that forward status obviously. But I still think his value goes up just from what we've seen this year. He's got the makings of a star in the future. And he would have gone low this year anyway. So, his value is obviously up. Mm. But anyway. 
that'll do it for this week. So let's wrap it up. Um, get around us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, and TikTok um, at Pod on all those platforms. Uh, make sure you sign up to Manscaped. Sorry, sign up and get yourself a... Uh, a a pair of comfy jocks performance package 4.0 that's what I'm thinking of um, and uh, yeah use the code keeper 20 to get 20% off and free shipping there and uh, yeah if you um, are happy with the show and wish to support us and find value in the information we bring you each week uh, please sign up as a member it's a great time to sign up actually uh, you've got uh, if you sign up now you've got all of the pre-season stuff for next year which is Locked where away. the gold is at really mm-hmm. to help you with your drafts and stuff like that so it's probably a good time to sign up get all the off-season content um, including the finals recap and draft stuff that we do and then uh, yeah into the pre-season next year so not a bad time to do it if you want to do it anyways uh, thanks for listening and we'll talk to you soon and good luck to everyone in finals this week unless your name's Tom yeah exactly you, you wishing me luck too that, that means um, you know I'll, I'll worry about you next week <laughs> alright okay. yeah. next week you're yeah. assuming I win and yeah. assuming I lose yeah. okay yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. a few things to go <laughs> yeah, yeah. see ya bye